I feel like we've been seriously trying to do this for like three months. Yeah, I think both of us have uh, just kind of put it uh, to the wayside. <laughs> but everything seems to be like coming up. We have we both tend to lead busy lives, so. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. It's either uh, uh, what I was sick at one point, and then the kid had stuff, and then you had stuff, and it's it's been constant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been a good few months. Uh, good to be talking with you again on the show. Likewise. So, have you? Um, I, I I can't even begin on this one, but I, I have to bring it up anyways. This whole like uh, January sixth stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. What do you think? <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff that I've already known for the past few years. You know, I watched a lot of what happened uh, the day that it happened, and. Um, it went a lot differently compared to what was st- being reported on days afterward up until today. So like over the past several years, the, the whole stories have just been all messed up. It's hard to find the truth these days, you know? That's for sure. What, what I don't understand is how, is very like casual this all feels like it's it's coming out in the public and then i just think it's like most people in the general public just don't care like they've known the truth the whole time so they see this and they're like i'm not surprised yeah i mean you could say the same thing with the midterms especially in the uh i mean in the midwest here in illinois um i remember we we all thought we saw the writing on the wall that we were going to win. And then um, <laughs> turns out a lot of the races here didn't turn out in our favor. And um, no. it's always weird on election night. Cause there's, there's like that, um, those stages of like grief or acceptance or whatever, whether mostly when, when you lose. <laughs> so there's like that whole thing of, um, being like, oh yeah, they had more money than us, and this and that, and they they just did things differently. They have a, it's it's the machine. It's always difficult to go up against the machine. So those are the types of things I I was hearing back in the fall, and I mean it's nice to hear them to like make make you feel better, but um, people weren't talking like that before the election day. They were talking like we were going to win, like we had this great chance. And uh, and I'm talking about a lot of races, not just one in particular. But uh, yeah, yeah they, it's just kind of right? weird how that all happened. Oh yeah, well they said it was going to be like a wave, you know that you know Republicans are going to just kind of sweep themselves right into all the all the positions, and that didn't transpire at all. No, it, and it's uh, took me by surprise, just like probably a lot of more a lot of other people. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, the way the the way the media hyped it up. I mean, you go back and look at it, and it's like you figure they're going to take over everything, and then what happens? Nothing. You know, they got the house slightly, didn't get Senate. So, 
but no. something that was, um, I guess, considered propaganda in a way, is that the media reporting on how many, like, how many losses Trump had for the, for his endorsements versus who won, and that was mm-hmm. completely false. He had, I think, like ninety percent plus success rate with the people he endorsed versus who actually won. And that wasn't reported on. It was just focusing on the losses that happened. Like, oh, Fetterman won. Dr. Oz didn't get in there. But, like, nobody really wanted Dr. Oz. No. No. But. It's kind of like if you were to go to to Democrats in uh, 2016 and ask them, like, what would your ideal candidate be between the two in that election and they were saying that no they didn't support hillary and i still see that on like older tweets that pop up here and there or the democrats weren't behind uh their party's pick and uh yeah between that and and just trump entering the equation i think that that messed a lot of the elites plans up which i'm happy about yeah i agree um, the longer it gets delayed, if it can be completely avoided, whatever they're planning to do with uh, changing our form of government, the, the better it is for us. Yeah, I just don't think it's amazing that every time there's something that kind of goes wrong, let's say not their way, something wrong, it, they're always talking about it like it's a threat to democracy. And I think to myself, well, whose threat? Your yeah. threat or our so, threat? In Ohio, Aaron Brockovich got labeled a um, a special interests terrorist, <laughs> and they banned her from Real. like, I guess, going to talk to people. And the message she was spreading was uh, basically think for yourself and um, ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like this whole this whole January sixth thing, and then in the, the liberal media, the last two days has been, you know, you're you're seeing eyes in your ears like that. Don't look at that. Don't use that. Yeah. Do what we person, tell you. You and I talked about this the other day off of the podcast, but Ray Epps, one of the guys that has an unknown amount of footage of him. Uh, instigating people to go and raid the Capitol. And this guy was, what, I think uh, he was on the stand. He swore under oath that he didn't do anything, and he turned out he did. And he was a federal informant. So uh, all that combined, like, he should have been the first one to be prosecuted, but that never happened. He didn't even, (laughs) I don't know know what's going on. Well, two points to that. I see that this old video comes out and, oh, what is it, Raskin? The, he's in the house, he's Democrat, Raskin, I believe is his name. And he was like, why are you going to go after this guy? He's one of your people. He was just minding his business. And that was the first inclination to me back then. You know, this was, you know, what, a year and a half ago. I said, if the fact that a Democrat is speaking up about this guy, like, don't look at him, don't avoid, made me question more of what was being said then. Because I'm like, that's not your, that's not your game. You guys like to target people. 
yeah, when it comes to to uh, I guess deep state players, big government elites. I, I usually just call them players. Mm-hmm. When it when it comes to the players in the world, um, the ones that control the media that are in our governments around the world and everything, trying to push the narrative a certain way. Um, I feel uh, with me being in the field I'm in with, uh, with film and video that I have a responsibility to try to look for the, the cracks in the stories that mm-hmm. are being put out there. Like no matter how outrageous of a story it is, it's like try to, I usually give everything a few days to marinate before I, I start like resharing things. And I really don't use social media like I used to with resharing things. But um, I usually wait until there's a more of a consensus because it's always like a knee-jerk reaction with a lot of these news stories. Like I was out of I was out of the state a few weeks ago, and what well, it was about a month ago I went. By the time I got out there, I, I uh, took me a few days to to find out about the Ohio train uh, derailment, mm-hmm. and that was a big deal, and nobody did, said anything about it from. Uh, from, like our government officials, at least in that perspective or that aspect, they didn't say a word about it for almost three weeks. Yeah, it was very uh, quiet. And now I know, like yesterday or the day before, some like water retention pond that they had with all the toxic chemicals in it, uh, the dam burst. And so now that's flowing into a creek or something. <laughs> it's just, it's a total clown show. To put it lightly, <laughs> no, it really is. It really is. I mean, you know, the environmentalists. Then... We're all these people saying that our breathing, our exhaling, is our is what's going to cause the world to to burn up or freeze over prematurely. Well, like get out. Well, of here. that. Well, that's because they're too. They're worried about everything else. I mean, uh, yesterday I saw a video. They were in Berlin. They're throwing paint at some art thing. You know, which they've been running around. These climate activists have been destroying art all over the world. And then the other thing I saw was like an hour ago. And it was allergy season is lasting longer because of climate change. <laughs> I go, what? Yeah, I'm not sure I mean, about that one. Right. But hey, w- let's not bother the fact that you got a whole town in eastern Ohio that's just you know, ravaged by the rail train with all these freaking chemicals that, you know, it, it, the whole situation is bad. And it's just, oh, we're going to put it on the back burner. It's not important. But, you know, $450 billion more dollars to Ukraine or, you know, um, awarding a, what was it, a transgender woman international women's courage award was given to a man today at the White House. So, I mean, yeah. look, priorities take place. Yeah, it's totally nuts. I mean, well, I, I didn't there's no other way to I, put it. I'm, no, it's really not. at a loss for words at this point with what I'm seeing I, presented and everything. I am too. I just didn't realize that, you know, one day I went to bed, I woke up, and the, the movie Idiocracy became factual. Yeah. I mean, I, I just... I don't know. Yeah, it's um, 
<laughs> it's looking it's more show. and more like it every day. Yeah, it's like that movie kind of looks like it's over the horizon and it's starting to, to leak our way. I know some people probably think it's already here, but I'm a little more optimistic. Well, I mean, there's some some aspects, I guess, of society where that movie kind of plays into. I mean, we're talking about a movie that came out, you know, 16 years ago. Okay. But, I mean, you could talk about idiocracy. You could talk about 1984 is definitely relevant. Mm-hmm. You know. Very um, relevant. <laughs> it, it's just... It's just very, it's very weird, especially where we are right now. But I think everyone's so numb to this. Like, it's just, they're not shocked by it. Yeah. Like, with uh, hearing about Harvey Weinstein getting another 16 years in prison for rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he ended up uh, <laughs> getting almost 30 years. And, he, and it's like, I haven't seen like excessive Twitter posts about it or anything. I mean, I don't check the film sites like I used to, but I don't see it in the news cycle the way it would have been maybe 15, 20 years ago. You know, like when they were reporting on Tom Cruise becoming a Scientologist and then showing him be crazy on all those TV shows. Like there should, yeah. like Harvey Weinstein's face should be plastered everywhere right now and saying jailed for rape, jailed for rape. But that's all. We also have a question, like, okay, well, what else is happening that we're being told that story, that this is that that's happening right now? And then, yeah, it's true. Yeah, he got put through the court system. He um, he most likely did those things. I am not a defendant of this man. I actually want to take down my Pulp Fiction poster because he helped produce that movie. And um, yeah, I guess with with seeing all of this, like evil in the world um it's actually easier for me to narrow down what i focus my time on mm. so in a way it's good that we're seeing things revealed but um i guess after that point with anything it's do you you, you then have the choice to either keep putting your time and energy into it or diverting it into something else that'll actually be rewarding for yourself instead of talking about all who who's up for nomination for what award for what industry i i don't follow any of that anymore there's a bunch of uh cds that i have that i mean i'm thinking about getting rid of half of them (laughs) just because of what some of them did during um the lockdowns some of these bands went and did a vax id I'm like I can't support yeah. these people anymore because that's that's going against our rights, plain and simple. It has nothing well, to do with, no. with who's been in office the past seven, eight years. <laughs> no, but it, it's funny that things come to light, especially now that they're talking about. Well, it's probably lab leak. Okay, people said this two and a half years ago, and you wanted to hang them on lamppost. The same people. Yeah, they're trying to call uh, President Trump racist for saying that the virus came from China. Like, how how can you be so deluded that you no, can see what this man is saying? And you said it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said it wrong. 
came from China. 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 <laughs> came from China. 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 Yeah. But yes. <laughs> but yes, it, it, it was it was so astounding that they would it's racist because he said it came from somewhere and there was people who latched onto that and ran with it. And I go, okay, so is it racist that we call it the German measles? I mean, they went around trying to make it sound like Trump said it's the chink virus, which he didn't ever say that. Right. He did not. He never said a slur. He said the name of the country. Yeah. And watch, well, a bunch of people are going to go clip me saying this now. <laughs> yeah, you can watch yourself. Yeah, they're good for that these days. You know, but, you know, you had German measles. Lyme disease came from uh, Connecticut. You know, it's like they named it after the places. I mean, it's the Spanish flu. I mean, is that racist to say the Spanish flu was, you know, Spanish, even though now, it happened? Now it's came racist. To... How dare you? Well, well, it depends where. I mean, you know, not, you know, it, Europeans... It can't be racist towards European people. It doesn't. Mean, it doesn't happen that way. It's all the projection outward. We were just told that. <laughs> like I said, it's a clown world. It, it's, there's no no way around it. It just. But, but I agree with you. It's like, look, you can we could you can waste energy on this type of stuff, or you could be productive and try to improve your life or what you give back to the world. I guess. Yeah. No- I mean, I also had time over the past month to think about, like, um, what I was focusing my time on, like, what, about eight years ago, 2015, I was doing, like, local politics work um, on my own. I was going and trying to get, um, like, village projects done for, like, sewers and stuff for the rainwater. Mm-hmm. And uh, that turned into, well, it went from me first complaining about everything to then me trying to encourage a, a direction that I thought was better to then going and pointing out everybody's flaws. And <laughs> now I am just going to be positive about everything. And I... I mean, these, the the way everything's set up with dealing with government and like going to board meetings and uh, then running for office and dealing with the media the whole time, even like post-election. And then there's shenanigans going on all the time. There's people that have special interests that want to push an agenda and they'll lie to get that message across and um at least for right now i want to remain positive and not go into attack mode with with any of these people mm-hmm. i'm kind of beating around a bush about what i'm talking about my local government yeah I'm, I'm involved with being like participating in it and being politically active right now but right but at this point it will be a surprise uh, the other side with the way I approach this. And um, it's actually 
like I, like I said before, as far as responsibilities, I feel it's a responsibility of mine to take the true leadership position of setting an example. So that's where I'm at with, uh, with that stuff. I don't even know how we got into talking about this. <laughs> no, I mean, from like general politics and with national politics and <laughs> went to local, but yeah, we always flow. That's how this goes. You know, I guess what I'm in short, what I'm saying is I have, I still have hope for the local politics and that we can turn things around, but we have to start at the local level because I don't think it's as tampered yet as the, uh, the national elections are where they have all these mail-in ballots and everything. I, and who knows I how many are, are true and false. And I mean, we can probably yeah. talk all night about that, but yeah, we right could. Now, it's, it's more realistic with local elections where if you have the right strategy, you can help um, get your ideas known and out in the public and get the support for it. So, right. That's I haven't lost, I have not lost hope on that yet. And uh, I hope I never do. <laughs> I mean, there obviously there's days where it's like, ah, uh, this, this sucks. Like, how, how are we going to turn some like stuff around here? There's just like uncontrollable spending and everybody's just asking for more money in every department that like you go to every these, each one of these board meetings, whether it's a school board meeting or library or village or park district or a township. They're always like wanting to raise the tax levy. Like, oh yeah, it's just a quarter of a percent sales tax increase. Okay. Oh yeah, and eighty-eight percent property tax increase. Wait, what? Mm. No, but it's only a quarter of your bill. Oh, so really, they raise it like a few hundred bucks for the year. But an eighty-eight percent property tax raise in Niles is not. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. It just happened last year, but uh, before that, it's never happened before. Well, that's because it's already you know eight thousand dollars for property tax oh, a year. Yeah, let's let's add, you know let's add some more to it. It is absolutely the whole state should get rid of property taxes, and then you also turn the spigots off of these giant funds that go to nowhere where the money is not accounted for. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the only way to save Illinois. Just turn the spigots off. And I think we talked about this too. But we have like have a hard deadline for welfare recipients and food cards where it cannot be extended anymore. And then also have resources to help people get jobs. And there's plenty of jobs out there, but not a lot of hiring. They're very picky. And I understand. So, well, I mean, don't. It's not impossible to get a job you want, but they're not really looking. They say they're hiring, but they're not hiring. (laughs) That's true. Well, take this you know, how many businesses have left the state because of the high taxes? So, I mean, you've lost. I mean, so it's like you're not really helping, you know, when you're driving businesses away. Yeah, it was like the guy the other day. I I don't know what he was. I don't remember who he was. I think they said he was. He's on Shark Tank or something. He was giving an interview and he was on. I think he was on CNN or something. 
And he was talking about the states that he wouldn't invest in. He wouldn't put businesses in. He was like New York, California, and some other place. And I'm just like sitting there. Come on, say Illinois. He didn't. And I go, I don't know how you missed that one, man. <laughs> like it's kind of obvious. But I, well, you know, East Coast bias, you know, for him. But I, I, I just go, you know, and he's talking about why he wouldn't. And I go, that's that's here. That's exactly the same thing in Illinois. And how do you improve people's lives in Illinois when you're driving businesses away? You got property taxes just continue to go up year after year. I mean, look, 50, what, 50 states were 49th in property tax. How yeah. much everything cost here? I mean, you're, you're not you're not helping middle class and lower people in the state at all. I believe Illinois has the most units of government out of any state in the United States. I'm not 100% sure on that. We're either number one or number two with the most I'd say we're of up government. There. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, yeah, there's government uh, and then government on top of extra government, you know, in this state. Yeah, there's some that can be consolidated, but then there's also some that are needed. And, um, well, I guess hey. you're in Niles, we're having our first ever ethics board election and apparently that's never been done i think nationally from what i've heard it's never been done in illinois at least but uh, it's the first of its kind of where by referendum two years ago the um the people voted in favor of changing an appointed board to an elected board and this board happened to be the ethics board which <laughs> They file through complaints received uh, from the public and uh, try to see if there's been any wrongdoing of any board members. Well, all these years, the, the mayor has been the one that's been appointing all of the ethics board members. So the problem there that some people saw was, well, if the mayor wanted to make sure that he would never get in trouble can just hire or appoint people on the ethics board he knows that'll always have his back or her back depending on who's in office so changing it to an elected position that's a first and uh but it's also adding two more units of government but there's other <laughs> units of government that can be taken away or consolidated that are i mean there's there's plenty that can probably be combined into one that are probably several right now but that's another way to help save this state <laughs> too much too much layers of government i'm a limited government kind of guy just have enough government that it functions and then just leaves you alone that's yeah. it it's all it should have been yeah good government is less government that's right no tj said that <laughs> <laughs> But um, hey, switching gears, uh, I know I sent this to you. I think this morning was it this morning or uh, last night when we were trying to uh, prep for today. Um, I sent that Ninja Turtles trailer yes. to yes. you. Were you a fan of the Turtles at all? I'm not sure. I was. I mean, I had toys, action figures to play with. I watched mm -hmm. the cartoons like 
whenever I could. I had a few yeah. VHS tapes. I think I still have them of like random episodes from I think like the Fox show or whatever, whatever was when it was the on 2003 yeah. version and the movies yeah. too, the live action movies. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have those on VHS. They're still <laughs> so, good. Still good. Yeah. I still like it. But I know we talked about it. We'll bring it up on the show. So we see, I sent him the trailer. And if anyone hasn't seen the trailer for it, it's done by um, Seth Rogen. It's kind of a weird animation, but I heard it was from that uh, Spider-Verse kind of yeah. animation. A little different, but I was like, okay, it's not, you know, tor- so I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, so there's all the turtles. There's Splinter. There's, you know, everyone I remember growing up. And then we get to April. Mm-hmm. And I go, is that April? Well, it has to be April. Why is April black on this show? In this movie? Why are all the ginger girls turning into black girls? We, we literally talked about this on the last show when I was going it's through the last, last We've had two cartoon characters back-to-back change from ginger to black. And that's been in the last few what, months. We'll say four or five months. Yes. Yeah. Velma and yes. now April. Yes. And Little Mermaid, too, if you want to throw her in. She's a redhead, too. It's <laughs> got turtles. got got... Uh, I don't know what what you would call it. There there will be some nickname for this what they're doing mm-hmm. to uh, to the entertainment industry. Well, um, it's kind of like when when like hipsters emerged, and there really wasn't a term for them <laughs> until a few years after the fact. And the same yeah, thing with it, emo. It was kind of like, well, you're not really goth, and you're, you're kind of acting kind of feminine. But uh don't know how to you're 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 being really emotional, dude. I'm gonna call you emo. Yeah, that was his names come up. Yeah, you're <laughs> right though. In about two years we'll come up with something like this. But another one that I just realized they I guess they're doing it with Tinkerbell with this new that live too. action Peter. But see, I didn't add her on my chart because she's blonde. So I I just saw I just saw I go wait, they're doing hair, that there too. But that's a blonde hair blue eye character. Yeah, okay. Race swapped. Like, but but she's a fairy, so she's not even human. But still, it's played by a human. You know. Well, it was Julie Roberts way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, in the live action. <laughs> yeah, so it's like okay. What I'm sure people complained about it then that oh, 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 she has brown hair and brown eyes. What's up with that? Kind of like with uh, Daniel Craig with James Bond. And they're like, oh, he's not doesn't even have brown hair. What's up with that? Like I remember that was a big deal because he had. Mm-hmm. Like, like a lighter, uh, like sandy color hair, like that was such a big deal. But now, the stuff happening now in the entertainment industry is just kind of like it makes the other stuff just look like, uh, like pregame. <laughs> like it's not, it used to seem like it was such a big deal back then, and like now, like there's like no words for it. It's like everything went a hundredfold. No into now, look uh, back. ridiculousness. Well, look back. You know, you bring up James Bond and Daniel Craig, and he's probably the best Bond they ever had. So it's like, you forgot that there was an issue that they complained about his hair and eye color, you know, in the last 
they did what, that 17 years? Casino, yeah, Casino Royale. Like, before the movie uh-huh. even came out, I remember they, the online community was just... They were moaning and complaining about it. And he was the best Bond they had. Mm-hmm. Most people say, you know, he's the best Bond ever. So it's like, yeah, they forget about it. But hey, if they made a new Bond and it, it was a black guy, race swapped or something... Yeah, now you just get about it. Idris Elba playing him, and that's that, yeah. that's been thrown around for years, but it doesn't mean people support it. I mean, just make no, make it so you know how, like, they just went and make made uh, or they didn't just make it. I'm talking like at the time mm. they made the uh, I think it was the transporter with Jason Statham. Okay, that, I remember that. That was like bond-esque but it's an australian guy like this is what james bond would be if he was australian basically is what the concept of the movie is yeah so do the same thing and have it be this is james bond if he was like based out of like africa plain and simple south african uh nigerian bond yeah 10 and 20 years make it make an arabic bond there you go. Also, you can do this all at the same time too, but as long as you're putting like original stories with it and original, just make a new character is what I'm saying. But see, they I'm, already I'm did this t- for Asian Bond. For what? They did Asian Bond. It was Jackie Chan when he was doing Rush Hour. There you go. And they added the <laughs> element of comedy <laughs> into it. Yeah. Yes. It just seems all different, you know. Yeah, Jackie Chan's kind of like his own... Like, he is an Asian James Bond. <laughs> yeah, see? You got him, and, you know, maybe you could get one of the Brazilian guys, and he could be a Brazilian Bond, and... Yeah, Jason Momoa. Like, just put them all in a different, like, uh, assassin roles, and... I mean, that's what people want to see anyway, is people shooting shit up and driving cars and explosions, and... At least Michael Bay understood this. And look at he's he's still getting work, but I don't know if he's right. part of that club. Because if so, then it explains a lot about why he's still active. But mm. he knew how to just make a fun movie. And then he even made that uh what 13 hours movie? Yeah, that was his, yeah. It, it was Michael Bay, yeah. So he he was able to take a very serious subject and make it suspenseful and also um, not mock it. And here we have Seth Rogen, who's just mocking everything he just stumbles upon. They had that Christmas... So this is now two animation series in a row for Rogen. Yes. He's degrading just material in general, like the source material, whatever mm-hmm. he, he's making fun of Santa Claus in the one cartoon and this other, and also like the Catholic and Christian faiths and basically anybody that believes in Jesus. And then you have this new, um, this new animation with Rogan with what the Ninja Turtles turtles. Yeah. Where they're doing this whole, they're continuing on with this whole race swap thing. It's crazy. Makes no sense. This guy hasn't produced right. like a hit in a very, very long time. And I think the only reason things were hits when he was starting out is because a lot of kids were interested and they went and had nothing to do and they went to the movie theaters. And that's what they did. 
Yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I think don't know where I'm going with that. I just I don't have respect for Rogan. He's no. uh he's no, I just don't he's think his that, movies are he's good. not intelligent. He doesn't produce anything entertaining to me. And um that's about it. Not it. Not anything lasting. I mean, I didn't even see the Christmas one. I heard about it, but I'm like, I just no desire to sit down for two hours and invest my time. I'll I'll do something else. Now, you know, with the turtles, when I see it, I'd probably wait till it comes out because I'm sure my daughter would want to see it, type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I just have this thought in my mind that it's just gonna be some layer, some somewhere in there, they're just going to do identity politics because it's uh, it's in everything, and it's. I don't know if I want to have my childhood even further destroyed by, you know, elitist in Hollywood or you know, politics or whatever. Screwing that up for me, because I know it's going to be in there. There's just going to be something said where I'm just going to roll my eyes and go, you just couldn't pass the moment up, could you? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is going to happen with this. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of people commenting on. It's like, really? You you can see it just starting. You race swapped. Okay, that's, that's, that's first check, diversity check. What comes after that? You know, and speaking of them, you know, what I really wish is I never really paid attention that the Ninja Turtles were comic based. I like I knew there was a comic. I knew that's kind of where it gained its traction. But then it went, you know, definitely animated movies and everything from there. Mm-hmm. But I know they drifted away from the comics because the comics were like much more darker. What is like a live action dark version of the comics would just be a great movie if done correctly. I think so. I mean, they've tried to see they've the same thing with Spider-Man. They've tried to reboot the turtles so many times that I've just grown numb to it. And yes, that may not be the best thing, but it's been what's helped me like move on from certain properties that I used to practically obsess over. Well, I think that now I don't give a lot of new. these things. Yeah, like I don't give these things the light of day anymore, Mm-mm. and um, it's kind of weird for me. It's like detoxing in a way because <laughs> I've no, that's filled a great myself example. up with all of this stuff for so many years, and now I'm like kind of cycling myself off of it because of um, the choices I made in, to not support these companies anymore, and it, it kind of sucks that I have to walk away from some of these uh i guess movies and tv shows that i saw as being artistic and they're just they're part of the machine so i have to Mm. i have to separate the uh i guess the emotions from it (laughs) and look at it objectively and uh put a put a historical angle to it like uh, I was saying before the Hollywood era is over now, but we just don't have. It goes back into what we were saying earlier about with not new words for things, for like new behaviors or new concepts that are happening. There's a new era in film now, but we don't have a name for it yet. But it like 
prior to 2020, that era is over. There, these movie theaters that closed down, a lot of them are never going to open up again. And the ones that survived were these uh, drive-in theaters out that are outdoors. So that's good. The ones that are left here in Illinois, the uh, the building theaters, the ones inside, most of them are publicly funded or governmentally funded, and they'll stay around, but they have um, highly political people involved in the management of these theaters. So I tend to stay away from them now, and whereas before I was volunteering hours to go help out at some um i did work at movie theaters on part-time basis years ago but those were for the big chains <clears throat> the ones that i volunteered for were the the local uh 35 millimeter film uh theaters mm. so those i mean i wanted to see them stick around and now the it's just like the wrong people are controlling them and I don't want to help out anymore. Especially with just, the content that they're showing. You think it's just like a agenda driven? Yeah. There was one show I went to, when I was still <laughs> when I was still volunteering at University of Chicago's film theater. I was fire guard for this night, but I was watching this one this one film where they were like making some I don't, I don't know if they were like doing a, a transition, a gender transition on someone, but it was the story was basically that, like they were they were basically doing some transhumanism shit in the movie, and by the end of it, like I remember getting up right when the credits started rolling, and there were about a dozen people in the theater with me, and I'm like, that's man, like that's some messed up shit, like I said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, some other people laughed in the theater, and I'm like, "Damn! Like I like I gotta go home and think now, because <laughs> <laughs> this is stuff like lock, you're locking up a like a so, some someone or something that you've made a your prisoner, and now you're doing these experiments to try to like change their gender and everything, and then they're like, it, it was just, it was like a psychological like." horror thriller and i know i can find the name of the movie if i really wanted to but well, i felt like never of, watching it again <laughs> well speaking of like okay so on youtube you know how like you go through youtube you're just scrolling through and it just like all of a sudden you'll see something you're like why is this showing this to me like it's not something i'd go and do it was a movie it was called the walrus it was kind of oh, what you're talking wow. about yeah <laughs> I was like, "What the shit is this?" That's a Kevin Smith movie, again. right? Yeah, yeah. It turned into a walrus. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I saw the clip, and I'm thinking, "It is so." It was so. The clip I saw was his. He's he's in this walrus thing, and he's sitting there, and the other dudes in a walrus, thing, and then they start fighting each other in this basement while a movie's playing with. Walrus is fighting, and then these two are fighting, and then the 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 dude who was like the the doctor or scientist who made the dude into a walrus, he is killed by the other guy. He like kills it. I'm like, the hell did I just watch? 
those fucking yeah. movies are nuts, man. Yeah, I, I don't know how how that even came about. <laughs> I don't know how the hell you someone's got to be sitting around watching this shit. I'm like, just you know. But uh, speaking of movies, I wanted to. I know we we kicked that out of it about a week ago, and I've seen a movie like tons of times, but I actually watched it when I was off last week, and it was watching Fight Club again. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me more. And I don't know what it. Is. So it was weird. So, it, so that movie came out when I was eighteen. So I probably saw it the first time like in my early twenties, and really the only thing I thought was. Man, I got a fight club. These dudes drinking beer, starting shit, you know, fighting. Like, that's just your mindset, you know, 20. So now it's like I look at it and I dissect the movie and I'm like, oh, man, these messages are totally relevant. You know, just how society views, um, like the scene where they're, they're on the bus together. Is, it, oh, is this what a man's supposed to be? It was a underwear ad for Tommy Hilfiger or something like that. And I started to think, I go like, you know, that movie is, was kind of ahead of its time in the way that it kind of foreshadowed the society that we have now when it starts looking at, like, you know, Edward Norton's character is kind of like this um, kind of guy stuck in a loop in, in what your perception of life is supposed to be, like how a guy's supposed to be in this modern society. And I'm thinking, man, that movie is yeah. 20 years old and it's really relevant now. And I, I understand it more than I'm older now. Yeah. And I'm it's sure if I, it's been a few years since I have watched it. And uh, I'd say that I definitely have some new things that I'd see in a rewatch of it. It's exactly like that. Like, it's been a few years since I last sat down and watched it, but I was, I don't know, it popped up on something, and then I told my wife, I go, yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm off, we're off work this day. I said, I haven't watched this in, you know, years. I'm going to watch it. So I'm sitting there, I might have been on my birthday, I was watching it. So I'm watching Fight Club, and I'm like, okay, you know, obviously you know that, you know, the end results, it's all, Ed, you know, Edward Norton and all that. But I was thinking of like the messages that they were kind of tr- trying to convey. It's like he's sitting in this job. It's a desk job. It and it means nothing. He gains nothing from it. Um, like the, there's one scene where he's sitting there and his boss and he's talking about like what color he wants on his computer, you know, icons and everything like that. It's like they're making a big deal about nothing. Mm-hmm. And so now that my job, I have a job that I work in an office and it's like, I can relate to what the hell he's talking about. Like thinking, you know, you're sitting here, you're sitting at a desk, you're doing the same repetitive stuff every day. And you're like, the fuck am I doing with my life? So I get where he, where he's coming from. And it's just a spiral of like, you're supposed to buy, you know, we, we go to work to buy shit we don't need. Mm-hmm. And I started yeah, some thinking of those, about yeah, some of those monologues that um, the Durden character gives is really, uh, really well written, mm-hmm. and does, it makes me think when I listen to those because it does and touch on a lot of truths. That movie, I mean, it is based on a lot of truths. It at, really at is from like a from a psychological perspective on things. And I think it kind of goes hand in hand with like, you know. You're, you're forcing people into a 
non-natural environment. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's doing this job and he works for like this auto, you know, auto manufacturer that they try to avoid doing recalls on situations. It's like cutting course. So life and death with people, they're dying in businesses that are like, well, they're expendable. We don't see an issue here because it's all about profit. So it's like, you sell yeah. product to people, but in the end result, you don't care about people. And you're stuck in this job where it fucks your head. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a really good theme that you touch on. It's, uh, yeah, like the not caring about people. You can see that when you were talking about Edward Norton's character, I was also thinking of the character from Office Space. And mm-hmm. I was also thinking of uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. As yes. a repetitive thing of um, being in a job where they're not happy and they see the m- monotony of it, I guess I can say. Yes. Like they, like they think they're bored. They want to do more than what they're doing and they their bosses are limiting them and whatever. I don't know. What's a, um, it's a soulless, meaningless endeavor every single day. And you can see that with all these characters you just mentioned, you know, uh, you got Peter Gibbon in office space where he's just literally just staring in his cubicle locked in there. And I, I was thinking as I was talking about fight club and I was thinking of that scene though, in the back of my mind with office space, when he says, um, people weren't designed to sit in cubicles all day and stare at computer screens. Mm-hmm. I think he's telling it to Jennifer Aniston at one point. And there's days I sit doing my job and I'm like, yeah, man wasn't meant to sit fast there in a computer screen. And this just thought keeps going through my head. And I'm like, yeah, I can't sit down and do fun. editing for like seven, eight hours a day anymore. I just can't do that. Uh, I can do two or three hours tops and then I have to take a break. But, it's um, me. I get up. Yeah, it's. I get up, walk away. It's a lot less than what I, or a lot less intensive, I guess I should say. I'm working with less footage at this point, which is a good thing. Yeah. Instead of like everything I'm shooting is, it has four different camera feeds. Like right now, it's all been like single camera or, or two cameras. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, not having to be on the computer all the time is refreshing. And, um, yeah, I try to go outside and go walking when I can, at least when the weather's nice. I'm not going out when it's raining or snowing. No, I have on my treadmill. I mean, my, my breaks from work, like working at home, I mean, I get 15, you know, two fifteens a break. I mean, I got the, the treadmills, what, freaking six to eight feet from my desk. I'll walk over there. I got, you know, the weights or whatever, you know, just try to keep yourself like active, you know, physically, or like you say, go outside, get fresh air, get some sun. Yeah. And even that little bit of movement goes a long way for the rest of the, for actually like the next two days, Mm -hmm. just whatever uh, effort you put in with stretching. I mean, even even just stretching is going to really help people, but, um, yeah, I also have to practice what I preach here. <laughs> no, I, I get you there. I'm not on on the right path right now with that. I need to get back on it. 
But I did well, go I mean, walking I, today, so I mean, I do give go. myself credit for that. Well, I think it's important that people do. I mean, it's, I mean, for a while there, I wasn't doing it myself. There was things, you know, in my private life that kind of occupied my uh, time with that. But uh, yeah, I, I get it. Like up to get back. the days, just they keep going and going and going, and then there's just like what we tried to do with this podcast we we kept on having to reschedule just things came up so i mean that's that's life i mean hell we've been i'm not competing what, two, at, for for any weightlifting competitions so there's no not real any pressure on me other than uh keeping myself healthy and um well it's just uh take like joe rogan's approach where he talks about it, like you know mind and you know uh, body and just you know be physical get your workouts try to you know it's, you know, it's going to help your mental health and i think that a, a lot of these little things go a long way because I, let's be honest we live in a society or we live in a world right now that it's so seems like it's like working against everything that you try to do it's like the more you try to keep yourself healthy both physically and mentally tomorrow you're going to wake up and the world's going to hit you three times as hard as it did yesterday yeah, then you see the, the four thousand calorie blizzard with peanut butter and Oreos, and oh man, it's hard to pass that up. See what I'm saying? You know, and if, <laughs> when they get a Papa John's commercial, and you're like, "Man, I can go for a pizza right now." Or I'm you know, a lot better with not um, giving into that stuff with fo- with I guess food, but mm-hmm. sweets and ice cream lately has really been a, <laughs> a thing for me. Yeah. But I, as long as I portion it, I, I should be fine. And I haven't yeah, you had anything in a while. There's actually donuts sitting in my kitchen right now that I have not touched. So it's, it was brought home for someone else. So, Well, I'm I was good. reading something. I was reading something in regards to diet and depression. And it was along the lines of like, if you eat all these like processed foods, junk food and everything like this and lack of exercise, it actually, your mind will just go into a depressive state, even if everything in your life is okay. So you think that depression would be based off like, you know, um, like emotions, like stress at work, you know, uh, unexpected family issues, you know, things if that kind of make you feel. If like you're that. not eating the right amount of carbs and sugar, and it can affect your mood like no other. And I've I've witnessed it. I've I've seen people that we know go through something like that. <laughs> yeah, they get they're they're basically hangry. They're hungry, mm-hmm. and angry. Give me Snickers. Yeah, exactly. Like they need the, the <laughs> they need the carbs and the sugar, and then it's like, oh, good. It calms the it's, brain it's down, crazy. and the body gets to like recover itself or whatever it's doing, especially if you're in a calorie deficit and you're not giving your body that, and you're trying for a hard transformation really fast, then you're going to have these mood swings like crazy, especially if you're forcing yourself not to eat certain things. You know, it's kind of funny that now I see these diet plans, especially towards it's geared towards guys. And it's like, I don't know what I want to say. It seems like they're trying to tell guys to eat less protein. Like, uh, you have to eat less. Oh, yeah. Screw like, that. I, 
I drink raw you know eggs in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm not like lying. Rocky. Yeah, like been, Rocky. For over a year, I've been doing that. So really, I haven't gotten sick. So if anybody wants to try it, go for it. It's actually I just remember the scene nice of Rocky clean. does that shit. It's it's efficient <laughs> and time time saving. I guess it's the same thing as efficient. Yeah, all I have to do is wash the eggs off the shells. Crack them into a glass, drink it, and there I'm done. There's my breakfast. There you go. And initially, I was doing that for a pre-workout. Like I'd take that, and then like in like 30 minutes, I'd go like lift weights. But Hmm. I need to get back into doing that. But I'm still having the morning breakfast of the raw eggs, and um, I feel fine. I actually I feel better than I probably would if I was eating fried scrambled eggs all the time. Which I was doing for a long time. I do notice like diets that if I'm on a particular diet that I know works for me, I just feel better like across the board. Like I feel like I have more energy. I feel mm-hmm. more focused, you know. And then when I go off of that cycle, it's like, okay, now we have pizza. Or I had some, you know, beer or whatever, you know. Now for like a couple of days, I feel like this weird, heavy feeling where I'm sluggish, I just feel kind of mentally exhausted. I'm like, it, it's so weird. Yeah, it, and that happens from time to time, and I I really don't know answer to each time it happens, but I think it's a natural <laughs> thing. I think it is, too. But it's, I think that... It's like if you leave the computer running for too long, and uh, <laughs> you need to restart your browser and have the cookies uh, deleted so that it'll... Clear it out, right. Right. And I just think that like with these diet plans that I've seen, especially cater towards guys, it's like, and I mean, look, if you're going to bulk up, it's the diet plans are out there and it's, you know, very simple, but it's like now, now I look at these diet plans for just like everyday guys, you know? And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't even use that when I was like in sports. Like, I feel like they're just like, you're not getting enough protein, but now it's like they hark on like eating meat. You're just going to get like uh cholesterol issues. They keep pushing these like heart digs on. And then I'm like, yeah, but like you have to raise your testosterone level somehow. And it's like the foods that would naturally give that to you. It's like, they're trying to take it away from you. Yeah. Not pushing it. I was telling my uncle earlier tonight that I saw on a Facebook reel, which that's another thing that I should probably stop looking at because it's a time waster. But um, there's a few good things that pop up in there. And one of them was this guy talking about how he had terminal brain cancer. And he was told he only had like a couple months left to live. And he wanted to speed up the process. So he ate raw meat, hoping it would kill him faster. And it ended up uh, killing the cancer and regenerating his brain cells. Get out of here. And, and he was like, he's on this talk show talking about it is like the raw piece of meat in front of him. And he's talking with the, with the, yeah, the host. And they're like, but, but red meat's bad for you. And then there's yeah. someone from the audience that tries to start picking a fight with the guy and, and the guys just standing there like you're you're not just saying that to me you're saying that to 25,000 other people that also eat red meat in this country and blah blah it was 
Like it actually was pretty entertaining. I'll, I'll have to find the link and give it to you. All right. Yeah, I like to check that out. But well, simple things like that, where it's like raw meat, is that the cure for cancer? Like, well, that's pretty wild if it is, and nobody's uh, really documented it, or if they did, it got packed away <laughs> somewhere, like the the car that runs on water. If you know yes. What I mean. so, yes, I do. There's, a, there's a whole that. documentary about that too. Yep. Who killed the electric car? It's a great documentary. Standard Oil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just <laughs> like, my business. Yeah. Just like with Hollywood, the uh, car industry buys up ideas and patents and inventions, and then uh, puts them away in a warehouse like Indiana Jones, and you never see it again. Well, that was actually they when, the they, when they put the Holy Grail in there. That was all the ideas and cars were in those boxes too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. was everything. The water cars in there, um, anything you can think of. Everything's in there. That was a big warehouse. If you go back and look at that, I mean, that was that was a huge warehouse. It was yeah, way back. People, there. people would like screenshot that scene. And like try to pick out and like point arrows at certain place things and like, is this so and so from the Spielberg movie? Is this so and so from like this other like Lucas movie? <laughs> See, like that's what I liked Chicago. about that's really what I liked about films in Hollywood is that there was always something to like talk about within certain um I guess certain story universes. Like they, they were actually intelligent where there was a lot to talk about at the time and everything just seems to be, have become like watered down, start over reboot and just trying to get rid of all this lore. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just really frustrating. Like I, I used to love talking about star Wars and Indiana Jones and uh, what else? The Matrix. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to know my thoughts on that, go to my YouTube channel, Yissel Missile Productions. Look up Tom Althaus, and you should find my interviews with him. I got six of them up so far. Yes, highly almost, recommend it. Good stuff. 15 hours worth of content. And a lot of it is yes. exclusively with me, where he shares some stuff that he hasn't shared with anyone else. So... I feel very honored to have that position of being able to interview that guy. The he um so I don't know if any of your listeners know who Tom Althaus is, but he is the writer of The Immortals, which Tom claims that Warner Brothers and the Wachowskis and uh Disney all stole pieces of his script and put them in movies over the past almost three decades and he has the receipts of his script which we go into a lot of detail about where his stuff predates uh warner brothers and the wachowski brothers so i used to be a big fan of the matrix series and um i guess i i'm a fan i realize i'm actually a fan of tom althaus's work 
because he's the guy that came up with the idea of the Matrix movies. Not what actually was filmed, because they, they bastardized his idea, and it's like they Frankensteined bits and pieces of his story and tried to make it into like a trilogy. If that makes any sense. It does. And you wonder how many other... With zero creativity, zero imagination, all they can do is mock and mimic. So that's what they did. I mean, that's what it feels like was done at this point in my um, my interviews and my also like my relationship that I have with Tom Altos here, just being able to talk with him and like he calls me his friend. I mean, that's <laughs> to be that's a, a good honor. This guy, yeah, because he's yeah, he's been through a lot, he's been put through the ringer of Hollywood and the whole system there. And he shared a lot of stuff with me that was news to me, but you if you go cross reference everything, it's it's backed up with information, whatever he talks about, and he he's very um very good with memorizing dates so like i I go and i pulled something up on the last interview on my browser and while i'm trying to look up uh like the the topic he talks about a certain date and i'm looking on the browser and it says the exact same date that he just mentioned so he he has like a photographic memory of sorts with like timeline of events and stuff, but he's not, um, he's, he's, he shares the, his like really high quality information and waves. Not to say that it, like the whole thing isn't high quality, but like nuggets of information where you're like, wow, that's like such a revelation that like, I didn't know about before. Or, yeah, or even other details of the same story that he forgot to to add in last time because he's recalling all this stuff over the past thirty years. So there's going to be spots where like he's not going to remember. But when his uh, family members get killed, yeah, he's going to remember that and the circumstances and the people involved and the methods right. involved. So. Yeah, yeah. That Tom Altos, he's he's a good dude, and um, but yeah, I I did like talking about movie series like The Matrix and Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and I I can't do it the same way anymore because it's <laughs> they don't just let things die. Like, let the movie series have a finale. It's like with Scrubs the TV show, mm-hmm. they had a finale. It's called season eight. Season nine somehow became a thing because Disney acquired the show rights from NBC. But it was always a Disney show to begin with. But at least that show now is so far removed from today in, in like, number of years i think the last i think the last season was 2009 yeah it was a while ago so i'm glad they haven't done anything else with this show because what's there is there yeah some of these streaming services have edited songs out because of copyright reasons and 
but I have the DVDs. I don't give a shit about the streamers. Like it can hop out any network that it chooses to. I don't really care because I have all the original episodes and in, in the way they were broadcast, at least um at least for the most part. I got I have some digital ones that are actual broadcast rips, but that's another story. <laughs> Well, it's like you bring up a good point about, you know, not letting things die. See, it, how how I met your mother, now they got how I met your father, and it's in the same universe. Yeah. And I'm like... Like, let the like, universe have have a beginning and end. Yeah. And, and it, it feels more complete. More people can get into it and talk about it and have... It's kind of like with... Uh, there's no Great Gatsby 2. You know, you get everything that you need to know in the first book, and you find out more the more you read it, especially at different ages mm-hmm. that you read it. The same way you mentioned about Fight Club, watching that one. Yeah, you don't need a second one. Because it... now, like, I used to, like, really feel for, for Gatsby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it just, he he's just being a silly... Um, a silly boy, I guess is a good yeah. way to put it. Because he was very immature in the whole story. And uh, Daisy moved on. But then she she also was being... Um, uh, what, what's the word? Adulterous? Something like that, like yeah. She wasn't backing off of Gatsby's advances after she was married. So that was a whole other issue. All those characters in that in that story, The Great Gatsby, for the most part, are total crap. Even the narrator. I mean, he could have done a lot more, too, and he, he just sat back and watched everything. Right. It's like you, probably the only good person in the whole story was the mechanic that uh, worked on that road where uh, his wife ran out. And even that's a tragic one because she was not being loyal to him too. So I don't know. Uh, Great Gatsby. It's a start and finish. It's one book, one story. That's it. It's done. There's no new revamps of it. Yeah, Boz Lerman made a new version, a movie version of it, but uh, it's stuck to the same story. And there's no sequels. Yeah, some things just don't need to be made longer than they need to be. You can be okay with it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it they just don't seem to have any new ideas, and they're not going to. And, you know, maybe one day. It sucks for them. No. They're, uh, they're creatively and morally bankrupt. Yeah, and I, and I wish them the best, but what they're doing in Hollywood, especially the the cliques, the circles there, the players, they're not um, they're not doing things in anyone's best interest but themselves, and um, they're not um, anybody's friend. Like they're only look, like I said, they're only looking out for themselves. It and it's not everybody; way. it's just the people on top. It's not everybody. I'm not talking about the cast and crew, the people just looking for work like what I used to do post-college. 
where I'm, I'm trying to find film sets to go work on or, or small gigs to go shoot and do video for and hand over the footage and let them handle it later. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the no. people that are like, I have a, a warehouse that I have studio A, B, C, and D in, and I rent all those out every day. And, oh, yeah, um, if you don't do this or that, then you're blacklisted from this uh, studio as well as all my friends' studios. Oh, and if you talk about any of this, then uh, we might kill you. <laughs> yeah. So like that's when, I tell you, when I tell you to remake the Ninja Turtles, April's give me black. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how that so, came about either. Like what? Just first, how, and then second, why? Like it makes no sense. You and I'm going to leave this before we we close with it. But the Ninja Turtles are 40 years old. Okay, the the entire timeline. Yeah, she's never black, so I don't I don't know what's what's changed, and it's not. Let's not let's not take that content. I'm not being racist or anything like that, but I'm just saying you have source material. It's the same thing I said last time about The Witcher. Dude, they're all supposed to be like Polish people, Slavic stuff. They got blacks, Indians, you know, everybody. Okay, that's that's cool. But if you're gonna make a show like you imagine roots and they you change everybody to a bunch of Irish people. <laughs> I don't think people would be happy. That's all I'm saying about this. Well, and there's examples that prove your point too, like with um, the Amazon adaptation of um, their spinoff of Tolkien's work of oh, Lord well, of the Rings. Yeah. Which I, I say it in that order because it's um, not it's not endorsed by his estate or anything. Mm-mm. It's just Jeff Bezos wanting to uh, do his his politicking. <laughs> if they would have just kept that out of the entertainment, I think uh, they would have been a little more successful with their brainwashing. But I mean, they're they're really obvious with what they're doing now with inserting political ideas and agendas in the film and television and all that. Oh, or I, I just take a big yawn and I really maybe I watch one or two series a year. I mean, that would be very um, liberal of me to go and watch more than one. I'm trying to think what series I've even watched. I watched The Boys, all three seasons of that, in about a was, week and a half. I heard that was good. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's worth checking out. I'm trying to think what was the last series I actually watched. I watched Peaky Blinders. That was a while I ago. I haven't seen that. That's but great. I've seen clips from it. It is good. It it does live up to it. Uh, last Kingdom, I watched that. I'm trying to think. Not big. I mean, there's just series that they just don't interest me at all and i just yeah i don't have any of any subscription to any streaming service 
I don't have cable hooked up. I have internet, so I mean, I'm watching everything on these video webs. All these are like BitChute, Rumble, mm-hmm. YouTube. Right. Twitter's a good source now. Um, but even that, it's just, it's there's too many content creators out there now too. Actually, I get more of my entertainment from like what you just said. I mean, there's I watch like Epic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yes. Like uh, Epic History TV on YouTube, I watch their stuff. Um, Time Ghost, they do like the the Great War series, uh, World War Two. I think they do Cold War. I mean, it's the same people doing it, but I mean, it's I sent you a link to them, and they were like how they actually did their studio and everything. It was like a shed, and they just bust out videos all the time. And I'm thinking, see, originality. Yeah. And it's a topic I'm into, so I'll watch it. And it's just like, man, it's like what History Channel, should, you know, I guess used to be or, you know, should be. And it isn't. And I watch these guys and you realize, dude, they're doing this shit out of their basement. <laughs> it's like, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the. It, these people have ideas. It comes back mm-hmm. to that that whole point. Like the biggest companies and industries that are producing entertainment content, they don't have any ideas or creativity, and so they're just rehashing everything at this point. I mean, there's there's so many movies just this year coming out that are they're brands from decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll leave you with this thought before we log off here because I'm up against oh, yeah. clock myself. I was gonna say, you know, you hit the big time when they're gonna re- when if they ever remake Back to the Future or Indiana Jones or. Oh, uh, you know. so that would be a jumping the shark moment, and um, <laughs> I wanted to find jumping the shark. So, and uh, the first time that was used, I think, was in an episode of Happy Days. When okay. the Fonz is at the beach and he water skis over a shark, he jumps. He jumps off of a ramp and he jumps over a shark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was so ridiculous at the time, and it was like like later in the show that it was then turned like that turned into a term in the industry where it's um. Where it's like where the believability and the suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. is lost, and it takes you out of the um, the immersion of the storytelling, and it makes you think That's... about everything. Like oh, that, like basically, oh, that was the over the top moment where it made me realize that like something's fishy, kind of like with the finger poke of doom. In WCW, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Nash, yeah, yeah, finger poking Hollywood Hogan, yeah, 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 same thing, yeah. But or maybe it was the other way around. Shit. It was the other way. Hogan, 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 yeah, flew apart to the to the mat and got covered. It was so that's yeah, a jumping the shark moment. 
So. Yeah, I got you. Something so over the top that you're just in disbelief. Or when uh, when Goldberg lost the streak due to a taser from Scott Hall <laughs> on paper <laughs> on pay per view, and he lost the belt. All well, that, that was let's just say. Night. Let's just say the last two years of WCW's content's a lot better than most things on TV now. So I would definitely go back and watch that stuff again. Yeah. If I, if I was forced between the two, yeah, I'd go back and watch another WCW. <laughs> Vince Russo <laughs> running the, the show. That's the state of the world we're in now. We're in 2000. WCW, that's right. <laughs> I'm, fr- I'm from the future. What's the future like? We're watching Vince, Vince Russo era WCW. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, that, it's that bad? Yeah, it, it's really that bad. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, well, man, I got a split, man. So, hey, um, no, we got to try to figure out how we could. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to figure how we could do this more routinely. Um and 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 grow the show and i got some ideas um get some different people on with us um and start start expanding this yeah we covered most of what i think we wanted to talk about i think we missed a few things but um this is a good rehash from last time we talked and the catch up yeah exactly then uh we'll we'll talk outside and uh, we'll get some you know content going and and definitely get this a little bit further and we'll go and see where it goes from there yeah sounds good to me cool well man i'm gonna get a piece out so uh we'll do this again thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me you have a good night uh you too sir all right